right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today, it's all about them columns, baby. Them columns. <laughs> uh, Not the ones in front of your house holding up the roof. No, the sir. The ones in your car. Yeah, hold up your hands. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah. And so this is kind of a cool topic because one of the most sort of uh, underrated type things, especially nowadays with all the amenities, creature comforts that y- you can get on these, it's wild to see the evolution of you know steering columns, bro, and, and where it's gone. 99%, I, I feel like, of hot rodders out there, it's, it's one of those things that you tend to forget until the last until you're looking over your ride and you're going, hey, you know, it's not quite buttoned up as sharp as I need it to be. <laughs> Um, so that's always, you know, kind of presents a problem. No doubt. And like you said, it's, it's overlooked, but you know, Willie, we've got a list that actually started to grow from must haves on an old hot rod, you know, multiple gears yeah, and yeah. overdrive, you know, air conditioning. Cause Hey, it's awesome. It's a must. You know, we, we started talking recently, like, you know, a comfortable seat for those long hauls <sighs> and you know, a steering column. Uh, it's huge for a number of reasons. It's got some functions in it, you know, whether you're column shift or whether it's, you know, just blinkers and hazards and basics like that, but positioning that thing where you're comfortable, where you have the best ride, um, you know, you don't have to put it in the, uh, you know, factory spot. And if you think about a lot of the older cars, they didn't have things like tilt. Uh, so man, being able to add tilt columns to cars that didn't have them or being able to adjust the position, whether it's in or out spacers, you name it, you know, to me driving, uh, you got the wheel, you got your seat and you got your shifter, you know, and your pedals. Those are the things that you're interacting with constantly. Uh, and I, and I think those are critical to kind of get right. It makes the whole driving experience so much more fun. Oh, the ergonomics of it all. And, and you know, how you fit in, in all that and the functionality of it is, is crucial if you're really banging and, and, you know, doing hard, you know, you've been on everything from a, a hot rod cruise to a power tour type deal or, you know, just a roundy round where you're racing a ton. Uh, it means a lot to have something right there at your, you know, at your exposure that's easily, you know, handled, maintained in an environment that's, that's easy to kind of navigate while all that chaos is going on outside of the car. So it, it is crucial. Uh, my question, man, you mentioned you mentioned like something I hadn't heard in a long time about um, changing gears on the column. Hey, when's the last time you drove a three on the tree, bro? Because 
this is something that every <laughs> one of our farm vehicles had growing up in Kentucky. And it's literally, honest God, one of the first things I learned how to drive was a stupid three on the tree, man. That's, oh, that's awesome. Those are long gone by. But trust me, if you guys ever get, get in one, you see a clutch and you don't see the gear shifter in the floor, you're like, what's going on? And take that would-be blinker and uh, that's what you shift gears with. <laughs> Uh, it's wild, man. It's, it's you can fun. change lanes and shift gears at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, people forget, man. That one up, and then you know you got the reverse, and then second in and up, and third down. It's it's kind of a wild setup, but honest God, man, so many of our our old farm vehicles had that sort of scenario and setup. It's kind of kind of wild to think of. Now I actually had a Ford Ranchero wagon that had a three on the tree mm. that was awesome. Couldn't get out of its own way, but man, it was a cool ride. And basically, basically theft proof at that point. A manual is right. pretty much theft theft proof. Put a three on the tree, bro, and nobody is driving that. You got to get grandpa right. out of the house to know how to how to orchestrate such chaos. Yeah, a manual probably knock out half the population. You know, maybe forty percent or something. You know, but yeah, you Easy, go three yeah. on the tree, man. You're at the ninety nine percent plus. You know, oh, you're, you're good to go. Kids nowadays couldn't handle the chaos on the column that is a three on the tree. They just wouldn't know how to. They would spontaneously combust. Um, and, you know, Trevor, you, you got to you, – we, we're laughing at that, but you got to admit, man, three on the tree is – baby, that's a classic, man. That's something that's, that's wild and long gone for sure. Yeah, you don't see very many of them anymore. Uh, <clears throat> it's something we get asked about if we, if we sell those, we, and we, we don't. But, yeah, it's a, it's a rarity these days. Yeah. Man. Oh man, I was hoping you'd say yes. Cause, <laughs> I don't know. That's just something cool about that, you know. But there are very many, so I understand not spending a lot of time, you know, and engineering and all that stuff on those. Right. But uh, uh, so, no what do doubt. you do? You know, real quick, man. What do you do for people that ask about three in the tree? Do you recommend something like, dude, get a floor shifter transmission? Like, what's the deal? Um, well, of course, we we sell the column shift, not not the three on the tree, but we'll sell a column shift for uh, for an automatic. Or, or right, like you said, a, a floor shift with a manual transmission, um, and so it's it's not that often we get asked about it. But every every once in a while, somebody will stop at, at a show and and say, "Hey, how do I restore this?" And and there really isn't anybody that makes parts for them anymore. Um, it's, right. a, it's a really rare thing to, to see somebody restore yeah. a car with a, with them in it. With three on the tree, yeah, man, obsolete. Well, look, so is our time. So we got to take a quick break. When we come back, Trevor from I Did It. Look him up, y'all. Steering columns and more. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B, and we'll see you after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have our boy Trevor on from I Did It. Check out the steering columns and more. And, you know, we were just joking about three on a tree. How obsolete and old school is that? But definitely good theft deterrent. Um, but I imagine anybody building a hot ride nowadays, especially with some of the old cars. So nowadays, you're well aware of all the technology incorporated in that steering wheel, that steering column, all the controls and accesses you have available. However... You know, there was a time where steering column was pretty primitive. 
And nowadays, to be able to take some of these new amenities and stick in some of these old cars that just had basically a little skinny shaft with like a, you know, some sort of ugly plastic around it um, that the steering wheel bolted onto. And if you're lucky, you had a horn. Um, man, you could really upgrade those things to, to really spectacular columns now. Um, Trevor, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you guys have seen this market growing because it seems like it is a thing that a lot of people tend to maybe space on, but the the really nice cars those next level tier builds and people that want to finish look on the inside of the car man you're the go-to yeah it's um we, we kind of tell people if, if you can dream it we can we can build it we've gotten questions uh we we build a lot of build aluminum columns um we re- recently were asked to uh 24 karat gold plate a steering column because somebody's had, had a build where that was what was that rapper's damn. name? What was that rapper's <laughs> name? Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know who it was. Uh um, but you know, they asked for it and and, and we did it. You know, it's um it was uh that's awesome. It was a, not a, pr- a pretty rare ass. I think it was the first time that we've been asked that before. Um, but it, it came I bet you a hundred bucks it went in a donk. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a three on a tree. I, I, I do I do think it went to an impala, but but I it was an early early impala, yeah. Yeah, man. Wild to think how that that's grown, and definitely one of the things that shows your 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 build is complete and sort of upper tier. That steering column, especially when you're able to put some of these new creature comforts and you know sort of the architecture of some of this new technology, even in some of the old cars that people have done modern drivetrain swaps in. Right, there's a lot of things that um, people want to put electronic ignitions, or they're doing LS swaps where it's all. Um, modern stuff we're able to accommodate with with a, with kind of a um, a classic looking technology or classic looking package. Well, let's say you, you don't even want to upgrade for any reason. Uh, what typically goes wrong on an old column? Uh, what wears out? What gets sloppy? Everything. You know, what are the most common <laughs> items that people you know get frustrated with, and then just say, "Hey, I'm gonna just buy a whole new column because they're really not that expensive." For sure. That's, it's really everything from the steering box to the, to the steering wheel, everything wears out over time. And, and people will put, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands into this build. And then they, they go to get behind the wheel and, and they're left with a, you know, 50, 60 year old steering column. And so the, the switches wear out, the, the U-joints wear out, um, just everything wears out in them. And so people will we've had people walk by the booth and say, Hey, you know, I put an idea to column on my car and it was, it was the best thing hands down that I ever, ever did to my car. Um, just because they put kind of a more modern column in it, it's new, everything's tight. It feels really nice. There's no slop in the steering. I mean, if you get behind a wheel and there's slop in it, it, it kind of destroys the the whole user experience there. Um, you're driving down the line, the, the road and you're holding the still this wheel straight, but it's wandering all over the place. Not a, not a great feeling. Um, and so if you're, you're building kind of a pro touring car or whatever, uh, those guys want a new, a new column that's nice and tight. And, and you do it, did I hear you correctly? You do it from the gearbox back so you can handle the gearbox as well, because, you know, I got a 58 and a half Dodge custom Royal D 500 car is such a beautiful gym. I've never lost a car show anywhere. I've taken it. I even pulled up a picture here on my phone since we're doing the video thing. Oh Look yeah. How dead sexy. That car is. That is sweet. Here's the yeah. problem. Here's the problem. I'm the only dude man enough to drive that car because it's got a wiggle wobble. Like I replaced all the bushings, you know, those knuckles, they have just rubber 
like these little rubbery plastic coated pieces. Well, mm-hmm. they all they all blew apart, and I found some some dampening material that I I made <laughs> um, grommets for it and tightened up the bushing significantly. But it's still, man, it's a it's a weeble wobble going down the road, and that's the one thing I I've not yet figured out how to straighten up on it. So you guys have the combination of gearbox and columns. We we will we sell uh, Borgeson gearboxes. We don't make them, but yeah, we sell Borgeson boxes as kind of our preferred vendor for that. Um, sure. We also sell U joints that uh, eliminate those kind of those rag joints because the rag joints it 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 absorbs any vibrations from there, but it'll. Uh, um, they add, you know, add some, a little bit of a slop in, into that steering mechanism. So if you go to a more of a U-joint. Um, now, now, with the Borgeson box, I, I've run a number of those too. Uh, I have found that when I really, when I'm running those a lot, especially on several of my, my older cars, they make the power steering fluid uh, significantly hotter. So I always have to run a cooler um, with some fans on it because those Borgeson boxes tend to run a little hotter on the, on the fluid. Is that something you see, or is that just in a, a lot of my old Mopars? Um, I'm not familiar with that. I, I could talk to some of my tech guys, see if that's something that they see regularly. I haven't heard that. You see that charger right behind me? Yep, yep. Borgeson box on that one, 14 to 1. <laughs> okay. Right? Yep. And I had to put a Maritime coolers on it because it kept blowing power steering pumps um, because the fluid kept heating up so much. And I, I went through two boxes because I – Sent the first one back telling them that I thought it was a mistake with the box. But I've got, like I said, I've got 70 Charger RT 426 Hemi car back here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I've had to do that a couple times um, due to that, that one thing. And, I, and I'm kind of curious if it's just a Mopar thing. What kind, of, what kind of driving are you getting those high temps? Just cruising straight or, or when you're doing some track or some heavy cornering and higher RPMs where you're really pumping a lot of fluid and compressing and everything? Before I got the fan set up, it was – it was just regular driving. I got the fan set up on it, and it cooled it down significantly. Um, but hmm. it's it's still, if I'm banging like this one, as you can tell, it's got those Neato 101s on it, really sticky, you know, 100 wear tread wear tires on it. it it's got a pretty beefy suspension on it. I, I play around on autocross on that 70 Charger behind me. But yeah, that one, even when it's when I'm cranking on an autocross track, it'll still run those temperatures up. Yeah, I would think maybe check the pump too. You know, if that pump, if you're going straight and it's getting hot, that gearbox isn't doing much, you know, so it might be just oh, yeah, the, pulley ratio. I've rebuilt the you know. pump several times too. The power steering Well, that pump, might yeah. be the problem right there. You know, you <laughs> said you rebuilt it. So. Well, no, I, I sent that one <laughs> off and, and had it rebuilt. I've tried new pumps. Um, it's, a, it's a big, you could jump online to see it. It's a common thing with the Mopars. So I went with the best remedy uh, for the scenario. Um, but I was just curious because it's, it seems to be fairly commonplace for for the Mopars that, that switch up. That's those Mopar things, man. You guys are strange. I don't know what you're doing out there. We, we just drive our cars hard, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it, it, it seems like that's a much better option to go with. If you're, you're talking the box and the column, everything's tight and, and fits and, and you can rely on it and, and feel safe with it. Yeah. Safety is a big concern. Yeah, no, absolutely. Safety, I think, would be number one, and then just complete drivability and feel and response. And uh, like I said, I mean, they've got everything from the box up to the. You guys carry steering wheels too, or just the adapters? We sell steering wheels too. Yep, yep. End to end, and you guys yep. have a huge variety of columns. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody out there thinking columns like what they have right now, mm-hmm. but 
Uh, give us a little bit of example on, you know, this, the stretch and the bandwidth that you guys have. Uh, and a lot of them are very, um, I'd say period like correct almost to some degree. Right. Yeah. So we started out building uh, universal columns, you know, in the hot rod space. And then I think uh, as people started doing restorations for specific, specific vehicle restorations, uh, we've developed, you know, very specific application um, steering columns. So we try to build it so that we, you just have to, you know, you, you would remove the factory column and you would bolt our steering column right in place. There's no, uh, the, the brackets are welded directly to the column. There's no adapter brackets or things like that, that you would need to bolt to the column or, or buy extra or whatever. We try to put everything you need for the swap inside the box. Um, there's some variations there. Some, uh, some applications had such, you know, a, a different variety of steering boxes, manual boxes, uh, power boxes, um, different different power boxes and so depending on your application you might have to pick a like an installation kit that would come in with the right shafts shafting or the right u-joints but um you know we run everything from you know late 40s trucks and cars all the way up to kind of early you know late 70s early 80s um pickup trucks square body um those types of applications and like you said you've got you've got retrofit that are just bolt-in right? Correct. Yep. And, yep. uh, depending on what style of connector you have, you've got like an adapter then that can go to yep. whatever GM or Ford or Mopar or other type, right? Yep. There you go. It's, uh, um, right. We would include those adapters right in the box. So if you got to go to, uh, you know, a Ford harness or whatever, um, it plugs right in same thing for Mopar. So that's the just full on, take a couple of bolts on. And if you've never taken out a steering column, you will be surprised how simple it is. There's like three bolts and a connector. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're like, that's all that's holding that scary. thing. It's I scary. Mean, this is I mean, steering my damn car. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, to do a complete right. retrofit, you know, you just disconnect the, you know, U joint rag mm -hmm. joint at the bottom pretty much. And you've got maybe a couple of bolts bolting it underneath the dash and, you know, kind of almost slides out and maybe you keep your wheel, maybe you freshen that baby up. So maybe there's not even that one to deal with. Uh, and then for those, you've got typically a lot of options, right? You can do tilt or non-tilt and different finishes, uh, you know, whether it's powder coat or paint. Uh, what do you guys do in the chrome and all different looks, right? Yeah, we offer uh, basically um, either a, a, brush a brush steel finish, which is what we call paintable steel. Um, so it's ready to be painted when you take it right out of the box. Um, we offer a, a really nice black powder coat. It's a satin powder coat finish or chrome. Um, and we do, we have a triple plate, triple plate chrome that we still do. Um, and then of course, you know, till, uh, all kinds of options you can add on the, the column, whether you want a high beam dimmer, dimmer switch or a wiper switch or a cruise control, you can have all those things added on. Man, I want the Waffle House column, smothered, covered, chunk top, dice, high beams, tilt, low beams. I want it all. Um, 24 karat gold. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, hey, question. So we got to take a break, but a question for you. I know so many people uh, have ran into this issue. They're LS swapping um, some old school muscle car, uh, be it a Chevelle, Camaro, or whatever. What gearbox uh, setup do they need? So they just call you. Um, because a, a lot of that old school stuff tends to get in, get in the way, headers or, um, you know, power steering components, gearbox components, column components. So what are you doing for guys that are LS whopping old school muscle cars and you have anything to help them out? So 
think on that. Chew on it. We'll be back in just a minute. We have a man, Trevor, from I Did It. Make sure you check that one out. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we're back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have our boy Trevor on from I Did It. Now, check out these guys for steering columns a bunch more. We're talking about sort of how everybody is taking old cars, be it muscle cars or... You know, the old family rides make a badass hot rod nowadays, and a lot of people are just throwing all kinds of modern drivetrains in them, uh, putting everything from, you know, smaller superchargers to, I heard the big thing now is the big 3.0s hitting the market, so everybody's dropping those on, making god-awful horsepower. I love it. Um, but really, when you get to the interior, man, there's a lot of sacrifices a lot of guys make when they go to older cars. Um, the creature comfort issue is just not there in a lot of these old cars. The interiors were kind of a throwaway, a lot of plastic, rinky-dinking components, buttons, clamps, whatever. However, when you get that steering column, a lot of the gauges and the old clusters were really cool. And the steering column was just, uh, it looked like a dude that skipped leg day at the gym. It's just kind of a a weak, um, sort of of say. Uh, But it's something that these guys can really address in, in big ways. How are you taking modern drivetrains, and making all the coolness that's available with modern cars, modern drivetrains, and putting that technology or increasing the ability to have some of that stuff in some older cars, be it muscle cars, station wagons, or whatever people are choosing to throw Gen 3 Hemis or LSs in. Yeah, the columns are um, the really the only place where you really would have an issue is in the, in the engine compartment where you might have, if the engine's larger maybe than what the factory one was, you might... Uh, change the the u-joint you may have used or, or something like that but uh the, the steering column is is completely you know allows all of that you know the other stuff to to be used whether it's um you know modern electronics and things like that we've kind of our ignition columns we've kind of thought ahead with all of those things so maybe where the factory column may have only had a a single circuit or, or two circuits for your ignition and your your starter circuit or whatever we've kind of built in an extra circuit in there that can power all of the other electronics that you may be installing in the car. Um, you know, on the bottom end of the column where you're passing into the engine compartment, um, I would say they're, they're built better than they were from the factory. And uh, you would be replacing all that shafting, all those U joints with something more modern. Uh, a lot of them are smaller, more compact than what they were from the factory that, you know, kind of allows you to put a bigger engine in the, in the engine compartment. Uh, anyways, um, a lot of the chassis builders, they're, there's, you know, moving towards like a, a rack and pinion steering. And of course that kind of makes things even more, even easier to kind of do your engine swaps, um, that sort of thing, small U-joints. Um, it's, uh, it helps, helps with the whole, whole process of doing LS swaps. A lot of guys that, that focus on LS swaps, they're also swapping the steering comms because people want to drive a new, new car that looks old rather than a, an old car that's sloppy steering and all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even like you pointed out, Willie, if, you know, your, your column's in good shape. You're, you're happy with it. Um, you know, maybe even you can get a different dish on your wheel or a spacer to get it where you want it to be uh, fore and aft. Uh, just replacing, you know, the rag joints with, you know, modern new joints that are nice yeah. and tight fitting, you know, like a huge difference. So there's a lot of different options depending on what you need and what you're looking for. And then we talked about the bolt-in, the retrofit, but you guys can, you have universal ones of all different sizes and shapes, and you can do custom right. ones, right? Yep. Uh, so if you have a certain length that you want to do, uh, as you said, so you don't want the protrusion out the firewall, 
Uh, you need to get you know things turning and moving around mm -hmm. headers on that side of things. Uh, you've got drop brackets, so you're not you know uh, let's say limited by where the old column was. Maybe it's too high. Yeah. You know, maybe you want a little bit of a drop bracket, or you're building something completely custom. You can put that column and that wheel anywhere you want. And I always recommend you know get get a broomstick and um, you know simply put a piece of cardboard in the circle that you want you know, tack it on the end or anything, a piece of wood, and, you know, figure out where exactly you're most comfortable driving. And then you can, you know, measure up your column, order it exactly to that, that length per se, and then your bracketry, you can set that column for you, not anybody else, not that average 95th percentile or whatever they designed for back in 19, you know, 40, 50, 60, whatever. Uh, this is now your ride, you know, so you can customize it with the features, but also the comfort, the stretch, the arm position, and it makes such a difference. It feels like your car, not somebody else's car that you're right, driving, right, yep. you know, it's amazing. Hey, Trevor, what are you doing about so many modern cars today have very small, you know, almost half columns, you know, big, thick squares kind of things. Um, what are you doing about uh, shifting over to, to any of that. Are you, are you guys building anything that looks like that that people can incorporate in some of the old cars? Um, what's sort of the, the plan of thought with some of these more modern columns or at least getting that sort of look? We have, uh, so we've, um, we have built some, some lightweight steering columns that would go into a more modern vehicle that, you know, if you want to think of like a, um, a modern Mustang or a modern, uh miata or something like that um where we built a race column and a lot of those uh kind of the plastic enclosures we work with that we allow those to be bolted back on so it kind of hides um maybe the factory column that was really really clunky and kind of overweight in some cases uh there's a lot of people that have actually put our column in a modern interior because they didn't, they wanted to get rid of all the clunky stuff that came with with the, the more modern column. I would say, you know, a lot of that stuff was was added for, let's say, air, airbags and those types of things. Um, and so, we wouldn't recommend people really um, get rid of that stuff if they're going to be driving on the street. I wanted to hit on that. What you guys got a lot of performance based stuff. So, what is some of the ultralight, some of the performance based stuff? Yeah, some of the things you're you're really hitting out of the park for people that that are you know trying to ink out every you know et you know thousands of a second or millisecond on a on a you know autocross course right so we have a, a couple different product lines that are lightweight um, we have something that's called a, a pro light which was a uh a, a kind of looks like a universal column but it's it weighs about six pounds um would go into like a a, a vintage camaro or, or or mustang or something like that um, and then we have things, what's called the Profab, which is a, it's sort of a retrofit column where you can bolt it into some of the more modern vehicles, Miatas, Mustangs. Um, and we, uh, you know, those are, you're talking maybe two and a half pounds where the factory column was around 20, 25 pounds. So it's a, a, a significant weight, weight difference. Yeah, man. Wow. Um, what's been your biggest sort of explosive market of late? So many people are in the trucks now. It's just insane. I feel like uh, you can't anything truck related. You can't make enough of right now. There's there's trucks, and I I feel like trucks are getting bigger. It was you know square bodies. The last two or three three years have really exploded, and now we're seeing a lot of Ford trucks because um, the the square bodies kind of got unaffordable, and now people are going after the Ford trucks and they're restoring those. 
Uh, we're selling a lot of those. Um, a lot of Impalas, you know, 70s Impalas are, are kind of picking up. Um, Have you got any into any of the Japanese vehicles? Because, you know, sitting right by the 70 Dodge Charger, uh, if you look right down here, my Skyline, mm-hmm. right-hand drive stuff, yep. it's kind of a wild ride. Yep. Um, yep. You see a lot of those gaining, I mean, crazy momentum when I take that out to different shows. Yeah, we we did do the um, – We've done some Honda and uh, some um, a Miata column, um, the Honda column, Profab column, which is a the race column. Uh, those were really popular. Um, we still sell quite a few of those. Yeah. Yeah, man. And the Miatas make great little, you know, banger road course and autocross vehicles. People race the crap out of those. You got some some for those as well? We do. Yep. Yeah. We have the Mazda. Um, I forget which, which models models they are, but. Um, we're just trying to scratch on the surface in the, the Japanese market, but we are we are working to grow that. And then I hear um, you have a new scout column. That's got to be big because the scout market's blown up. Like much like the Square Bodies did a couple of years ago, people are finding all those older SUVs and trucks yeah. that you know people forgot about. They're kind of back in the world, and man, they're they're creating big demand out there for it. So you guys making a scout column now? Yeah, we you know we did that just because. Uh, you know, we have a couple engineers here and, and myself, we have some friends that are scouts, scout owners. Um, and we just kind of did that. Just kind of, we're like, Hey, here's a, here's a box that we haven't checked off. Let's, let's, let's build one. It's, it's kind of similar base, similar to like a GM column. Uh, there's a few things that make it a little bit unique. And so we, we built one and it's been surp- selling surprisingly well. Um, you know, a lot of it, it, it just bolts right in like all of our other stuff is built. Um, and uh, we've sold quite, you know, we thought maybe we'd sell two or three of them. And I, I, I know that we've far surpassed that. Uh, and they've been selling pretty, pretty well. And, and one last question about the, you know, all the new stuff you guys have, have out. What are you doing as far as people that want that push button ignition, the start, stop, the key fob, the whole push button deal? You guys, I don't know why this becomes such a great, I'm so old. I remember when you had two keys, one to get in your door and the other to start the, uh, the ignition. How wild <laughs> is that nowadays? So what are you guys doing for push button ignitions? Yeah, we, we came out with a new, um, a new push button, button ignition last year. We worked with a company called Vase Technologies and they are kind of more on the, you know, car electronics line. And they had, uh, they had developed this product called Sear, which stood, stands for smart entry exit recognition. And it uses a, a key tag that's, you know, an, about an inch and a half square or rectangular. Um, that is, there's no moving parts on it. There's no buttons, but it has um, a couple radio technologies and an accelerometer in there. And so as you approach the vehicle, there's a couple radar antennas that get hidden in the vehicle. As you approach, you can program the system to react however you want. Um, we had them develop a, a custom firmware for us because we saw people would could use this for a push button ignition. And, and so as you approach the vehicle, you can disable an alarm system. It, it'll unlock the doors for you within, you know, let's let's say at 20 feet, it'll, you know, headlights or, or parking lights will come on to let you know, hey, you're within range. Within uh, five feet, the door locks unlock, um, you know, and then you get in the seat and it recognizes that you're inside the cabin um, and so when you push the brake pedal, it activates the, you know, the button, you push the, the button, start the car, 
Um, and then as, as you shut off the vehicle wow. and exit the vehicle, you, you walk away from it. It'll lock the doors, engage the alarm if you have an alarm to engage. Um, very much the way a modern vehicle is, is going to work, but it's something you can put into your classic classic car. Um, and so, huh. yeah. That's so cool, man. That is so, way cool. You know, you guys sell the push button, uh, and you mentioned all this other functionality. Mm -hmm. Can you get door poppers or whatever is involved through you, or can you go through another company and you can get it all to work together? Um, we sell, uh, we can in integrate this, the system into the steering column, like the, the button, and we sell a couple different uh, variations. Um, we, uh, I think we have the recommendation for the door poppers for what, what you would buy. Um, I can't remember if we, if we mm. put those on the website or, or not. I think it's in our instructions, like what the recommendation is for where you would, okay. what you would buy. Yeah. And what you use. So you could add on, you could add on the functionality. Right. Wow. So yeah, you could do your column, get your button in there and then pff, add on as, as, as right. needed. Right. Wow. I'd be so sick. You get within 20 feet of the, the old Dodge Charger back here, the highway headlights come on and get active. <laughs> oh man. Yep. Shut the front yep. door. Oh man. That'd be sick. I like it. Uh, way cool, man. So, look, how do people get more info? And I'm sure you guys are probably just inundated with a lot of tech calls. Imagine you have a good group of guys and gals there that that know this arena very well because every column seems to be a little bit different. Every project, every car, every build, every column, every, however you want to call it, seems to be a little bit unique to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you guys got a lot of people there to help out. Yeah, we have um... – we have five full-time salespeople on staff. So uh, the majority of what they do is, is uh, technical support type type things. You know, I have this vehicle with this power steering box or manual box or whatever. And, and so they'll advise people, here's the, here's the U-joints uh, you want to use with this steering column. Um, as, as different builders, they use different chassis. Uh, you can't offer just one for, for any application. Sometimes it's a, it's a very specific application. And those guys, they've been doing it for years. Uh, they know what to refer people to. Um, also, we've got ididit.com on, on our website. We have a chat, little chat tool on there. If you can go out there, it's just a simple, quick, quick question. You can uh, throw your question out there. Um, during work business hours, we have people, staff that monitor that and look for look for those questions or, or just email at sales at ididit.com or tech at ididit.com. Right on. Well, Trevor, no doubt I'm going to be calling you about my 58 Dodge I showed off because that thing – as fun as it is to get out there and watch people's reaction when they see it, it's a headache to drive, baby. <laughs> yeah, you got to give these guys a call. Now, give them a shout-out on your open house because that's coming up pretty quick too, right? Oh, yeah. Yep, August 26th here in uh, Tecumseh. Um, last year we had over 400 show cars that showed up. Um, we shut down the street and lined them with cars. Yeah, if you're anywhere in that southeast Michigan, northwest corner of Ohio, et cetera, uh, these guys are super reachable. The town is awesome. I've been there for the open house. Uh, great little town to visit. Great little show. You can see behind the scenes there a little bit with those guys. So uh, definitely want to check that out if you're in the area. Cool. There you go, yeah. man. And ididit.com, best way to find everything you guys are throwing at us? Ididit.com, yep. There you go, man. And don't forget our show. You can find it on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Also available in Motor Trend Plus, which is a streaming format. Thanks to our guest, Trevor of I Did It. Hit up again, ididit.com. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, your producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, too, twoguysgarage.com. And share your thoughts with us. We're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. 
This Two Guys Garage podcast. It's copyrighted 2023, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. All right, Trevor, side note, man. Uh, from box to, to wheel, uh, what is a typical, you know, power steering setup run? Like with the power steering box or you're just talking steering column from the... Steering column and gearbox. Um, I couldn't tell you the gearboxes. We don't sell them that often, but but you're talking steering column shafting and a steering wheel. Um, mm-hmm. I would say uh, if, it's a, if it's a retrofit, you're talking probably twelve dollars to $1,500. Um, well, not bad. A, yeah, a steering, for everything. Steering box. Yeah. Steering box, I, I'm not real familiar on the pricing there. I'm, I'm going to guess probably somewhere north of $1,000 for the steering box. Um, yeah, eight hundred to twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, I guess. All right, right on, man. That's all good stuff to know, and uh, definitely affordable when you think about what Ooh, you're getting. When you're I got, the end. I got one, one, one quick one for you. Weight savings on the ProLite. What's typical? Oh, we went over that, dude. Oh. Twenty-five to two, baby. Twenty-five to two. Shut the front wow. door. What? Wow, man. Yeah, I lost my auto there for a minute. Right on. Yeah, man. That's like, whew, that's one stomach flu away from my go weight. That's uh, 23 pounds. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, all right, man. Um, Trevor, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed it, too. We'll catch you in the next Two Guys Garage podcast. See you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.